It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Whether you're a parent of adult children, young kids, or you just hope to be a parent someday, this show is for you. I'm glad you're joining us for the Wise Money Show because we're going to be talking about how to raise financially responsible kids. Cover that and some listener questions on today's episode. Guys, can I just listen? <laughs> can, you, can you guys just just tell me? I, you know, uh, 12, 10, and 4 going on 40. I could... Anyway, we're, we are going to help you with that. I mean, this is... This is uh, anyone that is a parent or wants to be one, you you want to help your kids. And so how do you do that? How do you balance that? If you have a question for this show or have any needs, maybe some big financial decisions coming up uh, in your world, we're here to help. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. Then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. All right. It's Christmas time. And, you know, I was thinking about this. Lots of us, if you're, you know, if you've got big family, maybe if you got kids, you're looking at, well, what what gifts should I give my kids? You know, and some of them, you've got uh, adult kids that maybe have certain needs. I remember growing up when I was a kid, all the uh, like all my uncles from grandma and grandpa would get socks, tube socks, and white t-shirts because those were needs. And I remember thinking, that's so boring. I can't wait to get some <laughs> hockey cards or something, stuff I don't need, right? So it's gift-giving season. And what do you want for your kids? You, you want to help your kids. You want to help your kids. That, and uh, That what, is so funny because growing up, you got uh, three pairs of underwear, a matchbox car, and an orange. Nice. And like mm-hmm. that was a sweet Christmas. I yeah. hope you had fun playing with that orange. <laughs> <laughs> still has it actually. Yeah, still, so, but but it, you know, even even Bible talks about you know e- even parents know how to give good gifts to their kids. Well, do we? Like, I wonder about that. Do my kids need more junk? Do like what's what's a what's a true gift? And I don't want to get too deep here, but it just got me thinking. If during this sort of holiday season parents, you want to give gifts to your kids. Well, what about the gift of financial responsibility? What about the gift of great financial stewardship and financial wisdom? How parents can you get, and they, good, good news is kids aren't going to unwrap that uh, on Christmas morning. You have the opportunity to give that gift every day mm-hmm. of the year. And whether your kids are 50 or whether they're five or five months, You've got a chance through your influence. And so I thought we'd talk about that. We'll talk then about giving you know financial gifts later in the program and how to do that wise in, in the show. We'll talk about that. But for, for those of you that have kids that are 50 and you might be thinking, gosh, how can I help them financially? They, they're either doing well or maybe they're not doing well. Or you've got young kids. We're going to talk about some timeless financial principles or, or, or you know, principles for handling your finances responsibly and sort of thread the needle to help really all of you or those of you that still hope to have kids at some point. Um, I want to start with the basic one. We all wish that we were better at this and we would want our kids to be really good in this area. And that is managing your income and expenses. So how do you, how do you give that gift or how do you help your kids 
be and, good in that area. Yeah, and before we and before we get into this, you know, you're, you've you've asked a great question, Mike. What what gift can you give your kids at at, at Christmas time or or the holidays here? And you kind of said financial wisdom. And if you've ever taught a class on personal finance, and you've asked the question at the very beginning, who in this class feels like their parents did a great job of teaching them about money? You, you're probably there's probably not going to be a hand that goes up, right. and it's amazing. So if you're listening today and you think, oh well, I've got some regrets because my children are already grown and out of the house and I think I did a horrible job. I would say don't check that energy at the door. Like don't do do not this is not a show to make anyone feel guilty or feel bad. But but we want to get to some timeless principles that can help you personally yeah. and that can help your children, whether your children are fifty. You know, I'm I'm north of fifty and uh yeah, I I my dad is has a child that's fifty. Has a child that's north of fifty. Isn't yeah, that, if it's that a really is. big child. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just hopefully more old than big. But, uh, <laughs> but yes, he does have a child, uh, adult child, and so he, and, and so you say, well, how do you do this? And I love that we're going to talk about kind of blocking and tackling. And if you hear this, and you think, man, I missed the boat on that. It's it, I. I don't think it's ever too late. It's just in our society, it's it can be really tricky how you handle talking about money because that is a way that that could be a way to make sure that um, you you create space between you and your adult children because mm. they they either might not want to hear it from you. Advice not sought is advice not taken. So they might not want to hear it from you, or there might be some baggage in a different part of your relationship that makes them unable to hear what you might have to say about money. So this, uh, I think you said it best when we were uh, preparing for the show, Mike, when you said, we really have to thread the needle here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, especially because even if you have the heart to talk to your kids about finances, whatever their age is, it doesn't mean that it's ever been modeled for you right? You might not know how to bring up these subjects or what is the the best approach. And, you know, I I feel very fortunate um, because as a a financial planner, we get to be invited in, ushered into many people's lives. We get to see um, what they have done really well uh, financially, what their approach has, uh, that, that they've taken, how it's worked out well. And then Inevitably, there's some folks who express, oh, I wish I could go back and do this part over. Mm-hmm. And all of those are opportunities for us to learn. And so today, I, I guess I would also just share the caveat that um, none of us claim to be experts on how to talk to your kids about finances, but we have sat with many experts, mm-hmm. our clients yes, who have yeah. lived further than we have. And, and there's some great observations that hopefully we can pass along to you. But I'm glad that we're starting with this first one. Um, how to manage your your income and your expense. And um, you, you talk about a foundational skill that if you can help your kids get it right early on, it will be one that they use for the rest of their life. It will right? help them for the rest of their life. And as you, the parent, it will help you too. Then. <laughs> That's, <right. laughs> That's the important thing here. <laughs> 
No, I, I love uh, you know this this subject of how we spend money or how we direct the flow of dollars that come into our hands because it really is an expression of what we value. And kids, especially you know while they're still in your house and as they're going into early adulthood, they're trying to work out their own value system. Mm-hmm. What do what do I want more? What do I prioritize in my financial life? What am I going to direct money to first? And you know maybe have the leftovers go in a different direction. All of that. Those are individual decisions that it's part of growing up, mm-hmm. right? And you can try to instill your values in your kids, and hopefully they will receive that. But ultimately, they have to become their own values, right? Like they, they mm-hmm. have to adopt it themselves and decide how they're going to choose. And how they manage income and expenses is one of the places where that is like tangibly on display in their life. I would, I would have them start practicing. It, it, mm-hmm. Have them practicing at a young age. And this is where, yes, this could get emotional because you might, you might have not helped your kids practice. And then, you know, you're, you're thinking, oh, yeah, I, w- I wish. But... Um, I would, whether that's at a, with an allowance in middle school or something like that, have them start that budgeting process, having them track their income and decide tangibly where they're going to put it and do that before the emotions get charged up because of, you know, online advertisements for to buy this thing or a kid saying, you know, a friend saying buy this or whatever helping them make that decision first this is where i'm going to prioritize money practicing in middle school practicing in high school and then talking to them or connecting them with your cfp to help get a three bank account system set up early on in in, whether that's probably in college or right after college i mean part of this is you talking to them and them getting practice and then connecting them with the right system and the right advisors to have them to have them get started. Yeah, it takes actual practice to learn the lesson that I have a finite number of resources and I have a larger amount of wants and needs. I'm going to have to make some judgment calls here. Yeah, I, we got a little bit more to get into here to help with this foundational area. And then how do you give a young child responsibility and how do you handle someone that maybe hasn't proven that they are responsible yet? We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. All right. How do you how do you give good gifts, lasting gifts to your kids and family members this season? And one of which is the gift of financial responsibility. We're talking through some tangible ways that you can help your kids be more financially responsible. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of The Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out along with a lot of other content. Go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show. And hey, good news. Uh, All those family holiday parties that you're going to be sitting at, just subscribe to The Wise Money YouTube channel. And, you know, you'll sit there and you can get some financial wisdom and uh, ignore your family. That's a good hey, idea. That is great. Actually, that's, ter- that's, that's terrible great advice. great relationship <laughs> advice, Mike. I need that's to come terrible. to you more often terrible. for these, these nuggets. All right. So how, what about some good advice? What about some good gifts to give to your kids? I'm going to tell you right now. Guys, you, you might know this. I'm a crier. I, uh, I, I heard, I heard that, what's it, the cats in the cradle and silver spoon mm-hmm. uh, recently? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a dad, you, it'll just wreck you. Yeah. Yeah. It'll just wreck you. I'm not kidding. I heard that, started crying, 
30 minutes later, I was arguing with my kid. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You can't like, so I guess I would, Kevin had already given this, this backdrop, but it's, this is full of regrets. It's full of emotion, full of regrets. Gosh, you're going to, you're going to get it wrong with raising kids and especially being a good financial influence. So it, you don't have to bat a thousand. You don't need to be perfect. You're not going to be. Don't don't try to compare yourself to that standard. But what are some things that you can do to help your kids be financially responsible? And when you're talking about giving the gift of financial wisdom, part of it is just knowing your kid because everyone is different uh, as it relates to how do they connect to money, and I think when when I was a little kid and growing up, and um, there was a there was an old lady who needed her leaves raked, and so my brother and I went and we took care of her whole lawn, and she gave us each ten dollars, which back then that was a lot of money. Wow! And I was so pumped, and I just I ran home and I put it in my bank. I had a little bank at home, and my brother w- ran to Dibbles, which is a little mm-hmm. department store variety whatever store downtown. And bought candy and all kinds of other consumable things, and it was gone. Mm-hmm. And that no one had to train us to do that. And there was no there was no overarching kind of influence saying, "Hey, you should really uh, spend this money," or "Hey, you worked really hard. Go reward yourself and have nothing to show for it." Um, that was that was kind of hardwired in. So it. it what I would encourage you to do is look because and we're the we're in the same family. We're born eighteen months apart. So what's the difference? I don't know. Can't explain it. But I know this. It's likely that if you have more than one child, you've got uh, differences yeah. in how you should approach them. And so and 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 there the cool thing is there are some resources online to to figure out okay how. How do I help raise a financially responsible child? How how would I approach a child that's a spender and the only thing they want to do as soon as they get money in their hands is get it out of their hands versus, and I like, you know, I, I, I've enjoyed kind of watching uh, my own children just kind of, you know, hold on to their money. But, you know, at some point holding on to your money, money can be become an idol in your life. Money can become something that is more important to you than people. And, you know, if you've ever met someone like that, they're not terribly fun to be around. Hmm. So it's very, there, there, there's a balancing act to know your child. And if you're trying to help them and give them the gift uh, of financial wisdom to give the, give that wisdom to them. And I think, I think it's easier to have these conversations when they're 18 and below um, because you're kind of responsible for guidance when they when they turn 18 and above. If they're not coming to you and asking for it, it's a little bit more challenging mm-hmm. because some of that uninvited wisdom might not be appreciated. Yeah. I like how you said uh, getting to know your kids, and, and I would add to that helping your kids get to know their own tendencies as well. And mm-hmm. obviously the more of those types of discussions that you can have while they're in your home and while you do still have the most influence, obviously the better. You can kind of set them up in the right direction. But the only way that they can get to know their own tendencies and learn better ways of managing money is they have to at some point have money in their hands, mm-hmm. right? So that could be raking leaves for a neighbor. Mm-hmm. It could be a part-time job. Uh, I, I had one client um, who's a friend, has kids a little older than than mine, and one of the 
um, the ideas that we borrowed from them was when their kids got to be middle school age, they started making their kids in charge of their own clothing budget. So whatever money that the family was going to be spending on you know, clothes in a typical year, that would go into an account and the kids had to go do their own buying. And you know, obviously parents would be accompanying them and helping them try to make decisions. But the, the point is they gave them some freedom and also some expectations. You know, mm-hmm. for, with our kids, we said, here, this is money for you to, to choose to spend, how you're going to dress, that sort of thing. But one of our expectations is when we get invited to a wedding, you're not going to show up looking like a bum, right? <laughs> so you better have a pair of dress pants and some shoes that will go with it and so on. Mm-hmm. And yes, we'll teach you how to iron. Um, mm-hmm. But so, so it, it's not just complete freedom. There are some expectations, but then there's also consequences that they need to experience. Mm-hmm. That if they are... Um, you know, I, the, the wardrobe's too too thin, or they're missing some pieces. Um, it doesn't mean that we're gonna rush you off to the store to buy it uh, at a moment's notice because you realize you didn't plan ahead, right? Mm-hmm. But those are the types of things. If you can give freedom with expectations and real consequences, real life consequences, natural consequences, that is a great learning opportunity. It's great practice while they're still in your home. Mm-hmm. And there are similar, you know, things that you can be doing as your kids get into college and as they're adults. As you give them more and more freedom, they get to act more and more like an adult and deal with the the side effects. What, what do you think is maybe one of the first expenses that you would give a a young or, or sort sort of excuse me young adult mm-hmm. to have them start feeling that responsibility? Is it car insurance? Is it cell phone bill? I love the idea of, of the clothing clothing budget, but what are some of the early ones that you could give? I the, so I like the idea of the the clothing one. It's kind of tough because for most folks, the cell phone bill it, it's just cheaper if they're on the family plan. Yeah, I'll bundle right. and, together. And so then you might be able to set it up where you say, okay, listen. Um, you just need to push $40 a month from your bank account to mine, and that covers your cell phone bill, so it starts to give them responsibility. I th- I'm thinking of the, like if you're, if, for the starter set, it's to say, hey, what is it that you want, and find what they want, and then connect that to a cost. Mm-hmm. So uh, we live in the country, and our, our backyard's big enough to have a full-size soccer field in it. My boys were fairly confident they were going to be pro soccer players, so they, w- <laughs> they wanted some soccer goals. So I said, okay, well, you need to juggle. Um, uh, there was a – basically, they had to do a certain amount of soccer practice every day for 30 days straight. I said, as soon as you do that, we'll get the goals. And it took a few months before they could do that, but they did it. And for the uh, for for the they wanted phones, right? Because you know their their three year old friends have phones, and so it's like okay, <laughs> we need we need a phone too. And I said, okay, listen, you got I, I will buy you any phone you want whenever you want, and we'll and we'll get it in service uh, as soon as you can type sixty words a minute, because you're going to spend a good chunk of your life and certainly your academic career at a typewriter. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't think so, Dad. Okay. So in anyway. front of technology. Yeah, in front of technology. And, and there's nothing you can really do with technology if you can't type in words and that sort of stuff. And my yeah. favorite one was they wanted an Xbox, and I said, okay, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, 
and give a book report to my two business partners. Yeah, that was fun. And it it was fun. And they, long after the Xbox has broken and it has been given to Goodwill, they still remember Rich Shad Poor Dad. Yeah, yep. that's awesome. Yeah. So those are those are those are good. I'm trying to think back to mine. I, I think I started um, when I got my first job. I was responsible for my own gas in the car. So that's an that's an easy one. Hey, if you got your own gas, or if you're using so you know mom and dad's car, you got to fill it up if it's if, if it needs gas. And then the other was yeah, your own shopping and clothes. I think that stopped when I became a busboy as well. And then one of the benefits about you know late adolescence is getting moving out of the house because then you get to feel utilities and you get to feel rent and some of those expenses Mm -hmm. what do you do then how do you help a child that's maybe had some opportunities to show they're responsible and they they've shown the opposite what do you do there we've got that and more coming up on the wise money show with corhorn financial group this is wise money with corhorn financial group how can you help your kids be financially responsible, some high-level kind of overarching ideas, but then some tangible as well. That's what we're helping with right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFT studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, go check it out. Search the Wise Money Show. Subscribe or follow us there, whatever your platform allows, and then rate the program. We appreciate that feedback. Thank you very much. All right, so we're talking about how can you give a a an, a timeless gift to your kids, and that is helping them be wise and responsible financially. Hit the you know really important one of managing income and expenses, and got really high level there. Let's get a little bit more detailed. What if as you've as as a child has had some opportunities to be responsible with money? They haven't been responsible. Do you bail them out? How, how do you how do you help a child in that situation? Yeah, I'm I'm a, a big proponent of that's kind of a game time decision. But if you said what would I lean toward, I would lean toward not bailing them out. And that can sound kind of callous or uncaring or well, you you, you don't know my situation. So it, I'm certainly not judging anyone who's bailed someone out i i personally have benefited from you know at times when i had nothing and someone took care of me yeah so i wouldn't i wouldn't encourage you the, the, to to not be caring and mindful of what people are going through the question is am i going through a difficult financial time due to something due to decisions that I've made. And if I am and you step in and fix it for me, my ability to fully feel the the weight of my decisions, it gets thwarted. And it it, it there's something that in my experience it, that's just not healthy about that. Yeah. There's there's growth mm-hmm. on the other side of pain. Right. There's there's growth on the other side of that of that soreness and that that challenge. And so you, you got to that. That's just how that's how just how life works. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to shortcut that natural process. And the, the other is and this one's challenging, but uh, my wife works in the dental field and uh, the analogy. And you guys have heard me say this before is, you know, if if there's a there's if one of your kids is in crisis with their teeth 
you, know, you can go to my wife's office and they can help extract or fill, you know, fill a filling or, or whatever. But that might provide some temporary relief, but that might not fix the problem. Mm-hmm. If the problem was eating too much junk food, not brushing your teeth, having terrible hygiene, that sort of stuff, that short-term fix might feel good and you might feel like, okay, now I'm better when you're not mm-hmm. because the problem is deeper than that. And so you just do need to be careful. My goodness, I'm the benefactor of so much generosity and support and help from my parents along the way. And yet at the same time, you've got to balance that with letting the person be responsible and feel consequences when things don't work out. I know uh, it, it does feel like a balancing act because, um, you know, I, I think of family as a safety net in life, right? Sure. It, it's an opportunity for you to grow up, to mature, to become an adult, maybe even a parent yourself, um, and know that uh, you, you've got people around you to support you. But the, the point, though, is the goal for you to become self-sufficient and for you to become a, an adult that can kind of stand on their own feet. And if the the safety net prevents you from learning the lessons or gaining the skills or, you know, developing the right habits, that kind of thing, then the, the safety net could become almost a hindrance to you becoming where, where you need to go. And how, how do you know where it's too much help and not enough help? When right? your child is using the safety net as a trampoline. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that right. is, right. I mean, I just had a picture of that, yeah. so... All right. What about, you know, so if you're thinking of timeless financial principles that you would hope that your kids would adopt, you you want them to be great at managing their income and expenses and managing debt and being responsible with debt. That's everything we've been talking about. What about the other thing? The most common phrase new clients say when they come in to meet with us at KFG is, oh, I wish I would have started sooner. Mm-hmm. So what about that habit? How can you instill in your kids the habit of investing and saving. How, how can you do that? Well, I think one of the ways you can do it is by lead by example. So make sure you're doing that. And, and because you're typically that. And that can, that can even be the opposite. Hey, so-and-so, you know, I, I want to tell you in, you know, I'm not going to share all of our financial mm-hmm. wins and losses. But I, I wish, one of the things that I wish is that I would have started saving for my future right away from my first paycheck, right? I just, I wish, I, and now we didn't, and we're having to catch up later, and it, I just tell you, it doesn't feel that great. So I, I would hope that you, you know, something like that. Yeah, so, sure. So you don't have to have done it perfect to say, well, this is how you should, you should do it the way I did. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, do it a little bit differently than me because I learned some lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly if you start at 18 or at 22, you've got a 45-plus-year mortgage that you can pay on. If you start paying on that mortgage at age 50, you've got 15 years to pay on it. So the the longer you can pay in and the longer your dollars have to work for you, the better off you are. And if you can encourage someone to forego a little consumption – and to put that towards your future, that to me, that's just a, that just helps. That, yeah. that, that just helps people's psyche. Yeah. It, it does seem like it's important that you help your kids also have some early wins. You know, it, there, there are some folks who start out first job, they're gathering some cash, and maybe they're, they're getting started in their career in the pandemic, and they get sucked into some of these meme stocks or speculating in certain 
quote unquote investments, although, you know, we wouldn't call them actual investments. You're just betting almost. Mm -hmm. Um, And ultimately getting into some things that they didn't really understand. So helping them to to figure out which investment opportunities match my skill set right now mm-hmm. and helping them, um, you know, maybe get some of the timing right. You know, here we are in a bear market. What a wonderful time to get started investing because, you know, you're, you're buying in at better prices. There are going to be bargains that are created in an environment like this. If the oldest saying on Wall Street is buy low, sell high, mm-hmm. guess what? We get an opportunity to buy low. And it, they're not going to have to wait years and years before they see that that investment, that sacrifice of cash that they could have gone and spent, but instead they they invested it for the future, is starting to you know reap some rewards. It's starting to grow. It's starting to have some positive outcomes. And um, so, so teaching them how to, to take advantage of these types of opportunities, which is exactly the opposite of what most people's emotions would want to do right now. Yeah. Right. So, so you know, if you can help them um, borrow some of your courage or, uh, you know, see some of your timing or some of your opportunities that you see and, and ride along with that, then, you know, th- those are some things that... Uh, ultimately are formulating their worldview when it comes to investing. I was just going to say that. I mean, think about all of the ancillary perspective and opinion that has landed in a child's or or a young adult's brain right now without much context. Stock market's bag, stock market's going to drop, we could be in a recession, you know, all the political garbage and everything. And, and, And all of that, what do you think that's shaping in their kind of feelings about investing? The data suggests that kids that are becoming adults during bad times in the stock market, they fear investing yeah. and they don't mm-hmm. get started when, in fact, that's exactly the time when you should get started. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of ways to do that is maybe teaching them about the Roth IRA. And if they're working, teaching about the Roth IRA and then maybe matching a contribution to it. And and so that's one option. Two, if they are intrigued by the fool's gold of meme stocks and those sorts of things, helping them say, well, your core long-term savings are this, and how about let's limit 5% of that can be sort of play money, something like that. And so you can dabble and play, but you're also being responsible with some long-term dollars as well. I think the overarching importance is helping your kids not only have that financial responsibility of managing income and expenses, but also helping them understand and feel that sacrifice in the short term for that long-term savings. I think that habit, we would all want as parents, we'd all want our kids to have that feeling and have that habit built, start practicing that as early as possible. All right. So giving financial gifts to your kids. What are some ways that you can do that here during this holiday season? We've got that as well as listener questions. That and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. I want to thank Auto Owners Insurance for sponsoring this segment of the Wise Money Show. They do so faithfully and have done so for the past past few years. So uh, work with your independent agent 
And uh, thank you, Auto Owners, for your sponsoring. Uh, we're into questions from fans of the show. This first one ties right into the kind of headlining topic of today, and that is how much money can I give someone else without it being taxable? We get this question all the time. These numbers have changed, but let's, uh, let's, let's provide that number and then also some perspective. Well, first of all, I, I think it's important to also help people sort out in their minds that receiving a gift from a family member, the gift itself does not automatically trigger some sort of income tax to you. It's not like a paycheck or selling an investment for a profit or something like that. The gift that you receive is not itself income. Now, there could be some income attached to it once you receive, like if, if someone gave you a stock that has really run up in value, uh, when you sell that gifted stock, there may be a profit that you would have to pay tax on. But receiving the stock in and of itself is is not taxable. So we're not talking about income tax. What we are talking about is gift tax. And uh, every single year, you are allowed to give a certain dollar amount to other people. And they it doesn't have to be registered as a, a gift or it doesn't have to chip away at their gift tax uh, allowance throughout their lifetime. Yeah. And so that, that dollar amount that we often look at here in 2022, it's been $16,000 per person. They don't have to report on that or, or anything like that. Um, 16,000, you and your spouse could each give $16,000 to the same individual. You could each give 16,000 to multiple people. Um, and that dollar amount is actually going up to 17000 next year as well. So it's keeping up with inflation. The government keeps on uh, making it easier and easier to uh, pass dollars without having these kind of estate planning ex, um, or issues uh, associated with them. Yeah, so it's confusing because we're talking in the, in, in the same sentences about capital gains taxes or income taxes or gift taxes. And you have three very different types of taxes. So you just want to understand, if you don't understand it, that's not a problem. You just want to understand how it works. But if you're a couple and you have a, a, a child who's married with one baby, so you have your grandchild, so your, your, your child, your in-law, and your grandbaby, that's three. So I can give 16 to all three, and my wife can give 16 to all three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know we're not supposed to do math on the radio, but that's 32, 32, 32, so that's $96,000 that I can gift, and it's there, it doesn't, I don't have to file a gift tax return for that. Yeah, there's no reporting on that. Right. Now, oftentimes, so Josh, I think you, I think you hit that well, because this can be quite confusing. Um, where do you get that money from? Now, because this can also conjure up some taxes. And then all of a sudden you say, wait, I thought you told me that giving that money wasn't taxable. I know, but you took that money out of your IRA or you sold some Apple stock or a mutual fund or something like that. And and so how you came, the gift itself, as long as you're under that, what they call annual gift tax exclusion, you don't even need to report it. If you're above that, then look at that gift splitting that Kevin mentioned. And that usually rules most people out. Um, if you're giving well above that, then you'll need to file a gift tax return. But it eats into this this lifetime allowance that Josh mentioned, which you know most people other than the Steinbrenners probably won't <laughs> won't won't hit. But you at least need to register that gift and show that you made you made this gift. But the 
this kind of ancillary issue or the tag along tax issue is, well, where'd you get the money from in the first place before, you know, in order to make that gift? And if you withdrew money from your IRA, well, then that's going to be reported on your tax return. You can't withdraw 16 grand from your IRA and give that to your kids and say, well, I was told this isn't taxable, <laughs> right? Because drawing money, anytime you take money out of your IRA, it's got to land on your tax return. Yeah, we, I was just meeting with some folks and they had a financial event. And so they would have what most people would consider a, a windfall. And so they said, well, we want to give to some certain family members. And they said, well, is it deductible? <laughs> I, you know, like yeah. they're a charity. Yeah, you get that. You get that too. This is all confusing. Well, well I know. Well, and and you want the answer to be yes. Like I want to tell them yes. It's just the answer is no, unfortunately. So, and one of the strategies as it relates to this is if you have highly appreciated assets and you have kids in lower tax brackets, don't sell it yourself and give them cash. Or even don't give them cash. Give the children highly appreciated assets. Let the let them sell those assets immediately, and they they they're likely in a low tax bracket, paying zero on their capital gains. Mm -hmm. it, it sure would be nice if you could gift some of your IRA to someone else. They you don't can. Like, they don't let you do it. You just you have can. to die. Yeah, you just have to die. <laughs> die to do so. Yeah, I'm not willing to do that. That's, that's <laughs> so. All right, next question here. Um, when do I need to add my child to my insurance? My oldest is in driver's ed. Hey, hang on. Let's say a quick prayer. Uh, <laughs> all right, so so how does, how does this work? What are they starting kids doing driver's ed at 12 now 13 so i have my my oldest is in driver's ed now okay and he's only 14 it's crazy yeah so in michigan they do things a little different and uh can so, you text me uh when he's out and about <laughs> yeah just so i just so i'm aware oh the man general area. It, you know it is terrifying too because his class he started driving um before he had learned any of the rules about the road in fact, I'm taking him to his first drive, and I'm having to point out to him, okay, this flashing yellow, what does that mean? And what does yield mean? And he's like, I don't know. They haven't taught us that yet. But okay, so wait a second. Has he, has he learned the Michigan turn yet? <laughs> no. So in, in southwest Michigan, there's not a lot of Michigan turn. But I, if, you, if you get a little bit north, oh, this, the Michigan turn is a thing. And those yeah. of you from other parts of the states, you, you... It's a good way to get yourself killed. <laughs> yeah, really. Exactly it's scary. It's basically, <laughs> they instead of left turns, they build U-turns into every intersection. Yeah. And uh, I personally like it. I, I really do. But uh, And it's not built into the intersection. You have to go... It's past the If you want to go left... You don't go left there. There's not a turn lane there. Mm -hmm. You go through the intersection and then into the- Do a the, Yui. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Crazy. Right. All right. So when do you add them to insurance? So you, you know, first increase is... your life insurance, right? Yeah. So you <laughs> exactly. first increase your life insurance and then, yeah. No. So uh, until your child is actually driving and has their driver's license, um, you're, you're not actually rating them to a vehicle. They can't go out and drive on their own, that, that sort of thing. And I actually had to, to check in on this with my- uh, insurance agent here at KFG. And uh, after we all kind of lamented, like, how in the world are these kids old enough to drive? Mm -hmm. um, 
and she she assured me, no, when he turns 16, I happen to have my insurance with auto owners. Okay. And um, every insurance company does the rating of drivers to specific vehicles differently. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll take the youthful driver uh, who's going to be the most expensive, and they'll put them on the most expensive vehicle. And you know, it's it's a way that they're covering themselves in case you know your son or daughter borrows the keys to the the really sweet car. And that's the one that they get the fender bender with or, or whatever. But um, in our case, um, you know, it's it's going to be based on we can rate him to a specific vehicle. And, you know, this is just one of those things that you never give any thought to as a parent or as a driver until it's happening to you. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think it's important to be having these types of discussions with your agent well before you get there because it's part of your budgeting, too. Right. Yeah. And you know we we've been uh, doing a show about how do you involve your kids in making wise financial decisions? How do you instill in them financial responsibility? This might be an area that you want to open your kids up to say, listen, when you're a driver, one of the responsibilities of being a driver is you have to provide insurance to protect yourself and all the other drivers on the road with you. And so if you're going to drive our vehicles, you're going to help pay for that. Maybe mm -hmm. you know th these are decisions that you get to make as a as a parent but i would want to know before i get to those driving years how much do i need to be budgeting for this how do i brace my kids for it that kind of thing yeah yeah working with your cfp hopefully that cfp is in collaboration with your home and on uh, home and auto insurance agent and you guys can talk through that and and yeah plan for you know changing coverage having the right drivers rated on vehicles, that sort of stuff, and you can you can plan through that. All right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm also... Nope, we're going to restart that one. <laughs> if that happens middle of the segment, who cares? Yeah. But 16 seconds in, we're going to... Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.